You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today. Looking for the end zone. We'll get there. Welcome to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the Football Grump, and with me is Mike, the Cranky Fan. What's up, Mike? The best damn team. Did we come an L.A. Rams podcast for some reason, or did I, I missed that memo? Hey, you know, you can't be the best every year. This is the best damn football team there is, just not this year. <laughs> All right, so in this episode of 1956 Giants Revisited, Frank Gifford runs for 37 yards. We're going to have a little scoop at the end of this um, about Ben McAdoo's position as head coach and if that's in jeopardy. Uh, some reports leaking out, sort not not live as we're doing this, but just earlier, a couple hours ago. So uh, stick around for that. I know this part is boring, but it transitions. Sunday at 425 at Levi's Stadium, you will be witnessing the Giants play, the 1-7 Giants play the 0-9 San Francisco 49ers. I will be tweeting from my comfy little seat at football underscore grump is where I'll be tweeting. Um, you know, all the things that I'll probably bring up on the podcast. So, which I'm sure you're listening to on either iTunes or SoundCloud right now. Right. And you're right in the middle of giving us a five-star review. Cause yeah. this is riv- riveting entertainment right now. But, but this, this game to me, if you guys know who I am and know us, you could throw the record books out the window this is the war of the cranky fan house between myself and SF Mad. My better half, a grown-up, diehard San Francisco 49er fan. I'm obviously the Giant fan. So we're going out for the big trip out to Santa Clara. Our first trip at the new stadium. We've been three times to Candlestick, three giant victories, including the uh, NFC Championship game in 2011, that, that messy, rainy classic um so the rest of the world looks at this as the battle for um the number one pick i look at it as ownership in my household so yeah and and with that i'm i'm with the rest of the world on this this was one of the most boring games i've ever <laughs> broken down looking at matchups because it's just a fucking mess but you know, some injury news uh some better some worse uh olivier vernon remains limited but i'm i'm thinking that he's pushing to come back at some point this year. I don't think his ankle injury is so serious that he needs to be out the whole year. Um, the bad news is Devon Kennard and uh, Keenan Robinson both did not practice today. That's two key linebackers now. And, you know, geez. Uh, probably the worst position depth we have on the team yeah. is now getting Bye, uh... thinner and thinner. My high school didn't make the uh, state playoffs this year, so maybe we can pull some linemen from linebackers from them to go play because we are that thin right now, and it's it's getting ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, you can joke about that, but the the sad fact is that we, and I, I brought this up in the last episode, we signed Kelvin Shepard back to this team, and uh, you know, part of that is depth. I think the other part of it is the fact that, you know, I don't know if he's he, I don't think he started every game for us last year, but he definitely played every game last year, and he was he's the run run game guy. Uh, but I think a lot of it is, uh, you know, whoever we have starting in the middle in BJ Goodson's absence, I think it's rotated between, uh, Calvin Munson and 
you know, whoever based if we're more nickel than whatever. Point is, I, I think that a lot of the uh, miscues are going to be communication between, you know, those those two levels, that linebacker level and the corner safety level. Uh, and I think that he's supposed he's going to be a part of that. Is I think they they've identified that as an issue. San Francisco, on the other hand, does not have too much injury stuff that's interesting to talk about. Um, it, it's it's really just um, Joe Staley was limited. He has an eye issue. I mean, that's that's the most interesting thing on there. Except you know I don't know Solomon Thomas, rookie out of Stanford, is. Uh, defensive lineman uh, was limited with a knee injury. I, I don't know how much that really matters. Um, San Francisco is relatively healthy. Uh, the Giants are not uh, at all. So I mean, that's not something that's going to work in the Giants' favor. Um, based on your based on your analysis, Grump, why is this team winless? Well, they're just not very good. Um, the talent is just really not there. I mean. Well, I, this is right what I was going to transition into is that, you know, you can start right at the top, quarterback. C.J. Bethard uh, out of, I think, Beth- Iowa, right? C.J. Bethard, yeah. Bethard? Sorry, whatever. Yeah. Um, I actually got to see him play last year. He played the Gators in the um, the Outback Bowl. Oh, that's right, yeah. You know, very, you know, pedestrian college quarterback. Somewhat might be slightly above average for the college game, but you never saw him projecting to the NFL. And no, yeah. I think, teams that don't have any wins have him as a quarterback. I think he's a steady guy. I think he'll be a decent backup. And, you know, the guy who probably won't turn the ball over too much, you know, he's. I, I, I'm sure he's a smart guy. I think he's, he's, you know, got his head in the playbook. But he's not an NFL starter by any means. Um, and you know that said, the Niners traded for Jimmy Garoppolo just the other week, but I don't know how ready he'll be to play. That'll be interesting to watch. They've already announced that he won't play, but I mean, let's be serious. At zero and nine, everything's on the table. You know, I've actually seen a couple of reports he may not play at all this year. They're just going to keep him on the shelf. And that uh... was the initial report. Um, and then later this week, it was reported. I think what's his name, Kyle Shanahan, said um, yes. that he's making. Much more progress than he expected, which is obviously not saying anything, but it's worth noting that he said it at all. You know what I mean? If if you're really committed to not, it's not even worth saying he's making a lot more progress. It's it's like, well, he's making progress, but still, I don't. At this point, I don't don't know if he's going to play Sunday, but like, yeah, I mean, if this team is in a tank mode like the Giants, you know, should be, why risk him getting hurt? You know, you know blowing out like an ACL or something. You're getting so late in the season now. You know, it's not like somebody goes down in week three and they'll be ready to go for spring or something. It's, you know, at this point. You know, and I, and I keep saying this too, and I have to keep reminding myself, this isn't week 14. You know, this is week 10. We still have half the season left. And, you know, the same issues we're complaining about the Giants of them playing out the string and, you know, they're going to hold somebody out for the rest of the year and everything. It's like there's half a season to play crazy isn't it it's really crazy how this thing just spiraled so far out of control so fast and we're talking about garbage time and garbage time is half the season yeah we still have we still have four home games left and we'll be at them um for better or worse um so you know there's not a whole lot of talent here i mean for starters one of the matchups that i really want to watch is if the giants defensive ends whether or not olivier vernon plays what kind of pressure they can get against um 
you know, the offensive tackles for San Francisco. Joe Staley is is a pretty good left tackle. Um, but the other side of the ball, uh, sorry, the other side of the line, rather, um, not so much. Uh, Trent Brown, the right tackle. It's going to be interesting to me. I know last week they kept JPP on his traditional right defensive end spot, or over the right tackle, I guess I should say. Um, and Avery Moss matched up against Andrew Whitworth, and that should end it quick. Uh, Andrew Whitworth was bulldozing um, Avery Moss, and I thought that was interesting. I, I didn't know why they wouldn't, why they would set it up that way. But then they switched him, and suddenly, you know, Andrew Whitworth was still doing well. He didn't give up any pressures, but JPP was. They, they were sort of uh, stalemating, and Avery Moss was getting pressure from the the uh, over the right tackle. So it's gonna be interesting to me. If uh, Avery Moss is lining up against um, Trent Brown or Joe Staley, and if he lines up against Trent Brown, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what he's able to do. You know, I'm pretty impressed with Trent Brown. He's a Gator, and he was kind of towards the end of the Urban Meyer era, the, the Will Muschamp era, and he was, you know, a, a, a tackle kind of was hurt sometimes. It was okay. Nothing he stood out as being NFL material, and it's nice to see that he's, you know. Having kind of a successful career in the NFL. So sure, it's nice him. to see. Um, sure. And I'm sure you're happy for him. I wouldn't want him to play right tackle for the Giants. No, no. I'm just saying, from what I projected him back in college, oh, this yeah. is kind of surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, uh, the 49ers are also a team that had Jeff Driscoll on their roster, too. Oh, which yeah, that's true. And a pile of horse shit, so. <laughs> um, you know, other reasons why the Niners are bad. Uh, I mean... Who, who's the best wide receiver on this team? Marquise Goodwin? Aldrick Robinson? I don't really know. Um, solving, solving the question of why this team is winless. Yeah, I mean, they've got nothing in the secondary besides Eric Reed. You know, they, they've got a decent... Hasn't has even hurt? Yeah, but he was a full participant this week. I don't know how hurt he was. I mean, remember, this is an 0-9 team, just like we're 1-7, so... Mm-hmm. Um. And that's actually somebody else I want to watch. I want to see if he if he's you know trying to cover Evan Ingram. That'll be a good test for Evan Ingram. I mean, there's not a lot of bright spots in this team. I think Carlos Hyde is pretty good. And and to me, this is the, this these are the keys to this game. Stop Carlos Hyde because he's got four touchdowns, the most on the team. Um, so shut down the run game and make uh, C.J. Beathard or Jimmy Garoppolo throw because that'll be a disaster for them. Um, and punish the corners uh san francisco has nothing at cornerback uh and don't and don't internally combust on your side yeah no mistakes um and i think that was a big problem for the giants last week i know there were a lot of problems but early on the the amount of turvo- turnovers that happened very early in that game that could not that was the thing that could not happen for sure you lose to anybody with you know three four turnovers and in opportune times Against a team like the Rams, you'll get your ass kicked. Against a bad team like the 49ers, you could very well lose. And if that's the case, let's say they lose. Let's say the Giants lose. Is Ben McAdoo the coach on Monday? Your opinion. I don't think any individual game at this point going forward makes a difference. I think the decision will be made, you know, just collectively, what is the state of this franchise? I don't think if he wins, he gets a stay. I don't think if he loses, you know... Like, that's the last straw. I mean, I think the decision was made after the Rams game. As disgusting as that was, the lack of participation and heart that was shown by this team, I think his fate's already been sealed, if it's going to be sealed or not. 
my guess is he will he will finish out the season regardless of what the record is if we are one in fifteen or if we are you know seven and eight. Uh, the reason I ask is because two report, well, one report and one rumor came out today. Like I said, a couple of hours ago, uh, one was an ESPN report that two anonymous giants have reported or have stated to the reporter that Ben McAdoo has lost the locker room and guys have quit on him. It's worth noting that while the headline focuses on that in the first half of the article, the other half of the article in the bottom half is Landon Collins and Dominique Rogers Camardi both said that that's not the case. Um, Landon Collins said that you know he's been the same guy since the moment he walked in the door and guys listen to him the same way. And Dominique Rogers Camardi said that he's been on rosters where the locker room was completely lost and that's not what's going on here. And those are two guys that we, on our last podcast, we identified as who the leaders of this team should be, right, the veteran and, and the young guy. I thought that was really interesting. Um, I don't know if – we'll never know. But I don't know if maybe the suspension to Dominic Rogers camardi gave him a bit of respect for Ben McAdoo or, or, or you know, gave him some perspective on who he is, how old he is, where he is, and what his – issues with the team are but i have a strange feeling that if he had been interviewed the week before he was suspended if he would really had said the same thing um regardless those are the two guys who publicly stated that uh ben mcadoo has not lost the team uh and then so that's the official report that was an actual report for espn um and then a rumor came out and I do deem this a complete rumor and probably a complete farce, but a, an anonymous source from within the organization stated that Ben McAdoo is out as the head coach in the upcoming week and Steve Spagnuolo will take over as interim head coach. I call bullshit on that. Uh, I see nothing pointing to that. However, if there's a complete meltdown at this game against an 0-9 San Francisco team, I really don't know anymore. I, it, it might get to the point where it's so embarrassing that the mayors feel the need to pull the trigger and just cut ties now or something. I don't know. Well, two things that make me say I don't buy that. Number one, again, they would have pulled the, the string last week. You know, a, a, an embarrassing loss at home, you know, just – it can't be any worse than it was last week. And if they lose to a team that doesn't have a win, you know, we already know that this team is in the death spiral. It's nothing really changed much from last week. The second thing, and I it was brought up by someone, I think it was Patrina on her, her podcast was Tish's wife just passed away this past couple of days. They just had the funeral today. And we're taping this on a Wednesday. Uh, the mayors and the Tishes are not people who make emotional decisions. You know, obviously, you're in the heat of a one in eight season. You know, one of the matriarchs of the two families just passed away. They are not in a position at this very moment to make a decision. You know, whether it's an obvious decision or not, they like to take a step back, reassess it, and make the move. So, based on those two things, I think he's not being fired to the end of the year. It it's just doesn't make any. You know, if it would have been done, it would have been done already. And I think now you just kind of. You know, you, you let this thing run out. You know, you, you hope to get a top three pick and you start over. That's an interesting perspective. I guess I hadn't thought of that at all and being related, but yeah. 
Well, here's the thing. What what do you think the chances are Ben McAdoo is the coach in 2018? I would say it's a better chance he's the head coach than Jerry Reed is the GM. Now, having said that, I put the odds that Jerry Reed being the GM – Jerry Reed. <laughs> yeah, from Smoking the Bandit. Jerry Reese <laughs> at GM, I put him probably at about 5%. Wow. So I, I would probably put McAdoo at 10 to 15%. So you think Jerry I, Reese is out? Jerry Reese, the parting words last year from this coaching staff was, this is on him to fix this. Or two years ago, rather. Yeah, no, you're right. And, you know, last year, it was after two years, when they hired, when, when Coughlin left, it was, the, the, the word was, you know, in the media, wasn't said behind closed doors, in the media, that Mara said, this is on him to fix this thing. And was last year just an aberration, just a fluky, you know, Confluence of events that made this team eleven and five, or is it rebuilt from the ashes? Well, looks like right now it was just a fluky thing of schedule, lucky breaks happening, injuries, all that type of thing. So there has to be a move made because this fan base is highly pissed. You were there last Sunday; you experienced it firsthand. It was terrible. Changes aren't made. You're going to see fifty, forty, thirty thousand people at games next year. You're going to see. 50,000 Eagle fans in the stadium next year. You're gonna see forty, fifty thousand Eagle fans here in December. So, I, I think that Reese has had every opportunity to be successful and given every chance, and second chance and third chance. I think it's the end of the road for him. Um, hindsight being twenty twenty, the decision is not to, you know, not to make the move on offensive line, which he kind of validated himself. We gave him the benefit of the doubt up until his press conference. Uh, I, I, I think he's going to be gone. McAdoo, most likely, if I was going to Vegas, I'd bet on him being gone, but I have this sneaky feeling he's going to another chance because of the 11-5. and five. Interesting. I, I think they've invested in him. I mean, they made a major... People forget, he really was hired as more of a, a preventative measure from somebody else from getting him. Remember, you know, the Eagles yeah. are hot oh, up yeah. his trail at the time. And it's one of those things, we don't want to lose this guy. We think enough of him that we want to keep him in the organization. And maybe he wasn't quite ready to be the head coach at the time. And maybe he's still not ready to be the head coach. Well, but well, they, they really invested a lot of capital in him. And they're not going to throw him out, you know, the bay with the bathwater just yet. My gut feeling. So I, I, I don't know how I feel about Jerry Reese. I hadn't really given enough thought of it on whether or not he's going to be here next year. Um, to me, I think that he's assembled enough talent – not not to absolve him of anything. Uh, that's not what I'm about to say, but just just that that this team should be better. Um, now, what I'm going to say about Ben McAdoo is I have said all year that I think he's back next year. I'm starting to rethink that now. Um, now that I've really cooled off from the Rams' loss and just really really looked at it, th- this team is a mess. And um, I uh, when you say how he was hired as head coach. Well, okay. So for one of the, one of the reasons why I I thought that he had another year left in him as far as his leash goes with the Maris, uh was when they brought him in. One of the reasons why he was chosen is because you know a he worked with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay in a very successful offense, uh, but b he brought in a quick strike offense that was supposed to a alleviate the deficiencies on the offensive line. Uh, and B, 
B, keep Eli Manning standing upright by getting the ball out of his hand quicker. They completely changed the offense, and they completely changed Eli Manning's mechanics. If you remember, he had been previously with his left foot back or some shit, and now he was switching to his right foot back. And you know, to me, that didn't sound like a ton of unworkable stuff, but that was like a big deal. And I don't just mean like the media media. I mean like ex-players media, like Kurt Warner uh, saying like how big of a deal that was and – well, let me stop you right there. Okay. You said they brought McAdoo in and they changed the offense around because of a bad offensive line. We are now four years removed from that and we still have the same shitty offensive line. This is going against the argument against Reese more than it is against McAdoo. But well, it's I'm, interesting. I didn't make a stance on Reese to be, to be fair. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm, – I'm, I'm, you saying that just kind of like triggers something in my brain that's more evidence to me that Reese will be gone, that we brought a guy in to to make changes to, to – you know, deflect off of a problem, and that problem is still here four years later. Right. That's almost re- that's almost recycling. The average age of an NFL player is like four and a half, five years. You know, it's that's. I mean, we can we can talk about this forever. I mean, the offensive yeah. line. I've been screaming for a fucking right guard since Chris Snee started getting hurt. I mean, we're going back to like mm-hmm. forever now. I mean, like going back to like what twenty twelve. So. I mean, I hear you. The offensive line, I, I don't understand really why it's been completely ignored. or Not completely ignored, but marginalized. But, I mean, I think the other thing too is they – it was a calculated decision to bring in an offense like this also partly to keep Eli Manning from staying in the pocket for too long. You know, regardless of your offensive line, you have an older guy back there. Um, I think it was like one of those things where they just wanted to keep him alive for as long as they could hold on to him. They know what a franchise quarterback means. And, uh, you know, the quick strike offense, something that works for older quarterbacks, it's something that works in general for the, for the right offenses. That being said, that was why I thought that he had an extra year. And the, the other thing is what what you said about the reason he got the head coaching job in the first place was to not lose him. And that's absolutely true. However, that's coming off of a year where the Giants offense was averaging 30 points or close to 30 points a game. Like I think it was like 27 that first year of him as offensive coordinator. Last year, they averaged horseshit. Everybody knew the offense was pretty much being carried by the defense and then Odell Beckham was doing the rest of it. Um, and then this year, uh, of course, there's the asterisk to half the starters are fucking gone, but even when they weren't, nothing seems to have changed in this offense from last year, right? So now you have one year where he he's done exactly what you brought him in to do and two years where he hasn't. So now I I don't fucking know anymore. And I think that this is has gone so much worse than I would have expected. I mean, you go back about four weeks from now, we were predicting Giants wins still. Thinking like, oh, well, I mean, they should be winning this game, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's it's gone so bad. In fact, this is probably the worst Giants season I can remember. This is worse than that zero and five start or that zero and six start a few years ago. Because at least they made a little run and they made Week fifteen sort of relevant. And not only that, you know. that was one of those things where they sort of knew that the beginning five games were going to be tough going into the season. Um, this is worse than the team that started five and zero and then lost against the Saints and then fell apart for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, yeah. this is, this is one of the worst, I, 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 one of the, the, my bar for like the worst giant season I remember was a year. I, I can't tell you which, but I was very young in like first grade, second grade, something like that. Dave Brown was the quarterback 
The Giants won three games that year, and the Jets won one. Yeah, the, the, yeah, that team was miserable. I mean, that was just that was uh, the end of Dan Reeves, getting into the beginning of Jim Fossil around that time. Yeah. So we're talking, we're talking like probably ninety five, ninety six, around then ninety four. It was before Kerry Collins was brought in. I, I know that right, for right. sure. And he, ke- yeah, so sorry, sorry, it was before Danny Cannell came in. Yeah, so you're talking Dave Brown. This is kind of post. This is post Hosteller, post Sims. You went into that little abyss of Dave Brown, Cannell, Kerry Collins, yeah. Kurt Warner. So, yeah, that, but I mean, this team—that's is... my bar for the worst Giants season that I can remember. And I don't know if the Giants are going to win three games this year. Not with the injuries and not with the team quitting, and yeah, I, I would be, I would be surprised myself. I mean, and you know, and at this point now, with you know, a potential number one draft pick looming, I'm not, I'm not, other than the the embarrassment of the family and having to sit for three thousand miles on a plane ride home being laughed at, I, I'm not so sure I'm upset if we lose anymore. That maybe we we look to the future and we hope for the best draft pick. It it opens up options. You know, we can we'll spend all offseason talking about drafting a quarterback, which quarterback do you trade but you have options of you can trade down, you could do all sorts of things. And I, so, you know me, I love I love the off season off uh the off season free agency and the draft talk. I love that shit. So mm-hmm. uh I, I, I'm excited for our off season because it's gonna be more interesting. Uh sure. I, it, shit, dude, we might be talking about what coach we're we're looking at. You know, so let me tell you something. Being a Florida Gator, these are conversations that are not interesting and not exciting. It sucks. <laughs> there's, oh, no, nothing, no. there's nothing worse you want to be in that situation where your your program or your organization is in complete free fall and complete unknown. Don't, because, don't get me wrong. I, I do love yeah. the, the the draft talk and the free agency talk, but I would yeah. much rather be having a podcast with you every week watching this team win and yeah. having a boring off-season program than the opposite. I, I, I'd like to be sitting here talking about the bye week we had for the playoffs and watching a couple of great wild card games and see who matches up with us. Yeah. But you know, this is kind of, this is what we do, and you know, it'll be interesting to see what what direction we're going in. Is this going to be a complete? Because remember, we said last week or in last episode, you may see some neat names from this team gone, not because of performance, just of attitude problems, and you're just going to say, you know, fuck it. The only thing that could make Cranky Finn any crankier would be. Uh... <laughs> If next year's head coach is Urban Meyer, he's not going to the NFL. <laughs> that was uh, a way calmer no, no. response than I thought. We know something. You know, nothing would make me crankier. I'll tell you a couple things that would make me more pissed off than that. If Lane Kiffin got another job in the NFL and he became our coach, that would piss me off. Because more you know than something, Urban Meyer. <laughs> of course, you know, Urban Meyer is just dead to me. I could give a shit about him. <laughs> Lane Kiffin, I fucking hate. If that guy, you know, he's gonna get another, he's gonna get another high-profile job, whether it's gonna be the the ten, not Tennessee. If he gets the UCLA job, or for God forbid, he gets the Florida job, you know, or if he gets the A and M job, or he gets another job in the NFL. The guy's like the the Teflon Lane. He keeps getting great jobs with zero performance. So, yeah, nothing would make me angrier than that. That might consider a boycotting. All right. Well, on that cheery fucking note. Predictions? Uh, oh, predictions for this game? I, okay, seriously. Um, 
I I have a hard time thinking the Giants lose this game. Um, this is what we've talked about for a while. We're like the Giants are losers lose. Um, the good players are not playing well. The great players are not playing at all because they're injured. Um, I still think there's too much on this Giants defense to let San Francisco score a bunch, especially with Janoris Jenkins being reinstated for this game. Uh, all that effort. It's, it's, I, that, it's not yep. going to be a pretty game, I can tell you that, especially because they're flying to the West Coast. It's already a bit of a handicap, but... I don't think the Giants lose this game. Um, I'm going to say 17-9 to Giants. I was thinking somewhere along the lines of 17-14 Giants. And I see see seven of our points being from the defensive side or special teams. Yeah, I could see. I don't think it'll be special teams, but I could see it being the defense, yeah. I I mean, I, I could see like a block punt or I can see a, you know, something crazy. I mean, these are these are two ugly, disgusting teams, and you're going to see quirkiness happen. So yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a debacle, and um, you know you'll be able to see me live tweet it at football underscore grump on Twitter, um, and you'll be able to catch our review episode uh, Tuesday morning, um, which will be bumped on Twitter at Just Giants Pod, and also available on iTunes and SoundCloud. I know you're hitting the send button on your five-star review right now <laughs> and you can find me at the cranky fan on twitter uh see another brutal weekend for me uh, i will have to suffer another gator loss on saturday in the trip out west which could be ugly and you know we'll probably do the show we'll probably do a taping monday afternoon so this will be bumped out on tuesday morning like uh like grump said yeah yeah definitely so um you know don't buy into too many wild un- anonymous source internal um, reports about Ben McAdoo. Uh, I don't buy any of it, whether I agree with it or not. So, just kind of stay strong. Enjoy the uh, enjoy the winter. Don't wear your Giants <laughs> blue in public. <laughs> Let's go Giants. Go Giants. Let's go Giants. Go Giants! Go Giants!